Good evening and welcome back, everybody. Thirsty Thursday number 23, coming up on a full year of Thirsty Thursdays. Um, with us tonight, we are talking about women leading the fire service, and we have three wonderful women, uh, very experienced, um, very intelligent, very um, wonderful people that are that are going to fill us in and, and give us some direction for um, how we're going to lead the fire service and, and um, you know, hopefully bring more women in, get them into leadership roles uh, or whatever roles that they desire and and continue moving forward with some progress. So um, as we typically do, cheers. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining us, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, as as we typically do, a little introduction. My name is Ben Waples. I'm a captain in the Salisbury Fire Department, Salisbury, Maryland. Uh, I've been in the, the fire service for about 20 years, including time uh, before I was 18. Um, I've been in Salisbury for about 14 now um, and, and had the pleasure of working with Trevor and Bobby in Ocean City as a part-time firefighter paramedic. So with that being said, boss, it's all yours. Great. Well, um, folks, I'm not even going to go through introduction for myself because if you watched this before, you've uh, heard me talk ad nauseum. So I just want to get to our guests tonight and go around the horn. Really excited to have these folks on here. Um, actually, there's tons of women in the fire service that we'd love to have on here tonight. But as you can see, we have a limited amount of squares available for our uh, platform. And uh, we had to actually make some choices. And uh, the three that are on with us tonight are probably some that I've known um, you know, the longest in, in the fire service and starting with uh, Esther with you, that's uh, um, not, not going to, not going to go back how, how far uh, we go back, but it's you know, the combat challenge days back in Virginia. And um, we used to run that. And then uh, you certainly have had an opportunity to work with all these folks uh, on the screen uh, either directly or indirectly. And you know, chief Clemens, when she was down here in South Florida, uh, you had the opportunity to work on her with some projects through the chiefs associations and you know, certainly Danielle, uh, back up in Maryland, and probably one of the most you know, dedicated and hardest training people I've ever seen in my life uh, that will dedicate themselves in 90-some degree heat and just run everybody in the ground and uh, you know, put them to shame. So a lot of respect for the folks on the screen tonight. We want to make sure that we uh, we get to them, and, and we're going to throw some questions out tonight and just talk about the, the leadership roles in the fire service and you know the you know how it, how it affects them as women in the fire service and all of them are very accomplished uh you know a couple of chief officers and danielle what are, are you are you like a captain lieutenant now battalion chief what are, you got to be something now nope um i uh am now paramedic uh with uh, Spotsylvania county um so, over here in virginia so, so you're the smart one of the group you, you've decided you've decided to you know, stay, <laughs> stay, stay, stay in operations instead of getting into the admin stuff so good good for you but i you know guarantee uh with with all your all your skill sets and everything else you're you're going to have this stuff on the collar if if not tomorrow within the very short period of time but anyway um we we welcome you all oh we look forward to the conversation so with that let me kick it over to bobby and then we'll uh, put it over to you got you folks for uh your introductions hey uh thank you trevor thanks everybody for showing up and thank you ladies for coming on board with us here to talk about uh, some very important things in the fire service tonight uh, Bobby McGee, uh, 32, well, 33 years in the fire service, uh, blessed to have been paying my bills for 30 years with it, uh, currently a lieutenant in Ocean City Fire Department, and very much looking forward to uh, this conversation tonight, but I don't want to take up a lot of time because we got a lot of things to talk about. So, 
Trevor, uh, you want to lead this thing? Oh, well, actually, let's go to look. Uh, Chief Clemens, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? We'll go around to you guys and hear what you're all about before we get started. Absolutely. And thank you all for having me on tonight. Uh, my name is Latasha Clemens. Uh, I am from the city of Boynton Beach, in which I served the fire department for uh, 24 years, uh, going through the ranks and uh, serving as deputy fire chief. Worked with some of the best men and women there in Boynton Beach. Uh, great leadership. A lot of my friends are still there. Uh, I currently am the uh, deputy chief here in Forest Park, Georgia, under the direction of uh, Don Horton. And we're doing some great things down here in Forest Park, Georgia. Thanks for having me. Danielle? Um, firefighter paramedic over in uh, Spotsylvania County. Um, coming on my uh, 17th year um, work at, or as a volunteer. Uh, only been in career for about five years now. Um, did about three years as a live-in in PG as a volunteer. And currently ride up at uh, Christiana, Delaware as a volunteer. Thank you. Esther, round us out, would you? Yeah, hi. I'm from uh, Canada and um, in Bonfire Rescue Service. So 24 years there, currently uh, station captain and um, acting district chief. So that's just recent, about, uh, well, a couple months now. And um, just I'm loving the fire service. Uh, love the the career choice I took right from the start uh, had a couple hiccups here and there, but I mean, who, who really hasn't, but for the most part, um, this has been the best career I could have ever imagined. So um, I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Congrats on the, on the acting district chief. Thank you. <laughs> and, and condolences. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Also, also congrats to Danielle recently promoted to paramedic. Yeah. Yes, congratulations. congratulations. All right. Well, uh, obviously, some of our guests are very, very modest, too. And uh, I know they're being respectful of the time that we have tonight. But uh, a few a few of the uh, folks on the screen here are also fellow instructors. I know uh, Chief Clemens has uh, spoken at FDIC um, on more than one occasion and uh, as, as well as uh, Esther, you've you've been a instructor for a long, long time, and Danielle. I mean, when you said seventeen years, that made me feel horrible because I remember when you were a rookie, but that's okay. Um, but what one of the biggest things we want to really talk about is you know, your not only your path into the fire service, but where you where you've gone because obviously all of you have been very successful. Uh, you know, you, you you've gone into not only the the boots on the ground and operational level, you've gone into the administrative and leadership aspects, and we want to kind of get that perspective. Uh, and I, we had this conversation just prior to going live uh, about a month and a half, two months ago, I had the opportunity to go down and be part of an assessment process for a paramedic and EMT class. And one of the uh, women in the class asked me, what advice would I give to a woman entering the fire service? And I, you know, I could certainly speak to that from uh, a narrow lens or a narrow focus as as a chief that does hiring and, and promotional processes and professional development. But I reached out to uh, Chief Clemens afterwards and said, hey, look, you know, I, I can only say but so much. And you know, I'm not a woman in the fire service. So would you mind stepping up and talking to this person? So the mentorship to me, whether it's, you know, X or Y chromosome really is immaterial. But can um, I'll start with you, Chief Clemens, if you don't mind. What, what are some of the things for women who are getting in the fire service today? And, and obviously all of you um, have been in for a while now. Uh, 
which is still blows my mind how, how long it's been for all of us. But for, for someone who's entering the service today compared to when you all first started and some of the slings and arrows that you went through, what, what are some points of advice or career development that you would give to uh, women who are, who are currently trying to get into the fire rescue service? So Chief Clemens, if you don't mind starting off with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I can, you know, let me just speak from my experience. Uh, obviously, this is this wasn't a childhood dream uh, because uh, where I come from, I didn't see many folks that looked like me in this in this fire service. Um, but I did have the opportunity once I uh, started working for the city of Boynton. I, I started out in Parks and Rec, actually. Uh, and Boynton at the time had got some, uh, new fire chief Floyd Jordan out of the city of Miami. And some of the uh, friends that I knew uh, that worked in the fire service and also worked for the city uh, asked me to go down there and meet the fire chief. And I did. And we spoke about sports and things of that nature. Um, so that led me into an opportunity into this fire service. And uh, Esther mentioned having mentors, having mentors, having mentors was very crucial um, because this is something that, you know, you can blindly go into without having all the, you know, the background as volunteers and or and things of that nature. But I echo what Esther said, once you get into it, it is the best career uh, in the world. So my advice for other women that are that are going through and uh, may have come from a background that uh, has no idea of what the fire service entails, if I can uh, teach them something today, is to learn everything you can about the fire service prior to uh, even trying to make this a career choice. Um, go to volunteer with other agencies, seek those volunteer opportunities out, uh, join explore programs and things of that nature so you have an idea of what the fire service is about. Um, I'm not going to paint it all roses as we move forward into this uh, conversation. Uh, the fire service can be challenging, um, but I believe that with uh, hard work and learning all your policies, your rules, once you get into the program and, uh, you know, working together with your partners, your counterpartners and looking at those supervisors that are mentors to help you through the process, uh, you can be successful. Uh, I wouldn't tell any I wouldn't um, defer anyone or any woman to shy away from this career. It is a great career, um, but it does have to be the best fit for you. Uh, this has to be something that you uh, are passionate about. And um, if you believe in serving and uh, serving your community, uh, this is definitely an opportunity for you. Uh, but I, I have to say, uh, learn about the career. Um, there will be pitfalls. There will be uh, things that you have to be mindful of but you can overcome them. You can overcome them. And I digress to uh, Esther. Okay. Thank you. Um, it's just so important to, to have a mentor. I know when I started, I just, uh, I looked up to the two females that were on our fire department when I started and uh, I just kind of asked them questions and uh, tried to follow the people that I would see doing it right. And you just, you kind of get a gut feeling when you first start who's doing things right and who's the slacker, right? And so when you follow someone doing things right, it things go a whole lot smoother. But uh, just to add a couple of points, um, I think someone really needs to find the right department for them. And, and for females, yeah. I had uh, real success in our particular department. We've got a 10% ratio. So just over 340 firefighters, I think we've got about 36 women now. So what our department did, I don't know if there's going to be any other chiefs listening, is instead of having the one or two token females, they they just stacked our department. Every single recruit class, maybe three or four out of 20 
over and over again. So that became the norm in our department. And, and it wasn't long, maybe 10, 15 years where I kind of look around and went, wow, like we've, we've had three, four fit, uh, women on a fire truck altogether. We've rolled uh, and that would be the norm. Now that would not even turn heads or people wouldn't even talk about it to see four women on a fire truck now, which it was just amazing. Right. So um, second thing I would, so first thing is find the right fit for you, whether you need to apply to a department that um, is going to be a good fit for you, whether it has already a few females that you can talk to, or if there isn't that uh, availability to you, uh, know that you're going to have to go up against some challenges um, and still get that mentor outside of the department, right? Uh, second thing is work your butt off. Yes, you have to work. You have to be caught doing things right. And, and, and you want to, you know, put it out there that you're a hard worker, you're not a slacker, right? And that's your qualifications, your knowledge, your fitness level needs to be at a top level if you're going to be on a fire truck working hands-on on a fire truck your fitness level needs to be up there really high um and be positive take in all the knowledge you can from everyone around you and and really look at the people doing things right around you Great. Thank, thanks Esther and Danielle um from, from your perspective also, I mean, you've obviously been in the fire service for a while now and have, have come through. Uh, what, what are some of your thoughts and outlooks on what, what's been said already? I'm kind of piggybacking on both uh, Chief Clemens and, and Esther. Um, for me, it's been training, um, traveling all over to get that additional experience because some people don't have the ability to get experience from running calls if they maybe run two or three, two or three fires a year. So for me, that's been beneficial with trying to um, keep up with, with everybody, just trying to keep, get the reps in, keep the skills up and keep pushing forward and uh, volunteering um, has just helped with that as well. Just kind of picking back on both of that. That's been, uh, I think it's been helpful for me over the years. So I think that's, that's definitely a big thing that could help uh, other females as are coming into the fire service just so that they don't learn fire service. You can't do everything one way. There's more one way to skin a cat. So learning different ways to, to do things, different techniques on throwing ladders. You know, it's not about brute strength. It's technique at times. So some of that can definitely help with, with the females in the fire service. Well, let, mm -hmm. let me throw this question out and I'll, I'll circle back to what I had said before when that um, when the woman in that class had asked me my my opinion. And that was my response to say it doesn't matter your chromosome makeup that you you first first and foremost don't pigeonhole yourself. You're a firefighter, you're a paramedic, and it doesn't matter whether you're male, female, tall, tall, short, black, white, fat, skinny. All, none of that stuff matters. It's about, are you going to go down that hallway to get that three-year-old kid in the Spider-Man pajamas or Batman? What, what pajamas is he wearing this week, Bobby? Uh, Spider-Man, Batman? We always change yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but we always talk about those things. He's and eight to say, years old now. No, he's eight years old now. He, he, gets old, he, you know, he or she gets older. But, th but that, was, that was my response. So um, I'm going to actually throw two questions to you all. Number one, from a chief officer responding that way to uh, that question, you know, critique that you know, give, give me your visceral response to say was was that 
a good response, a bad response? Was that something to point that uh, point them in the right direction? Uh, versus saying, "Look, yeah, this 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 is about uh, kind of piggybacking on Dan, what Danielle's saying. This is about your skill sets." And yes, are you gonna are you gonna have to probably prove yourself harder than uh, your male counterpart? Yes, is that right? No, but is that reality? Yes. And I'll I'll give a quick example before I you give the question. Um, you. Know, I've had a lot of respect for Esther for a long, long time, not only from the combat challenge days, but also FDIC in the training days. And I remember one of the most vicious arguments that we ever got into was at a uh, 1403 class at, uh, in Indianapolis when we were trying to figure out our fire flow calculations and our fire load. And Esther was part of, uh, part of our group and we'd all calculated our own things. And I had my gallons per minute and the three or four other folks, we were all within a couple gallons of each other. And Esther was dead wrong, in my opinion. She was like, what the hell are you talking about? This is, you're talking about thousands of, what, well, here in the U.S., you know, the, the metric system, that was one heck of a week for us when we tried to do that. She was yeah. the minute, and then we, when we finally figured it out and she actually did the, um, the conversion for us from, you know, uh, U.S. to metric, we were all. Yeah, leaders per minute, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, then I, and then I think at the end of it, I said, why are you doing calculations on the fire scene anyways? You pull up the chart, the cheat sheet. I mean, off, pull that lever, get the water going, right? I go, well, just, well, just grab the cheat sheet. That's what it's there for. For 3 a.m. And in fairness, at the end, she said A, but you know, that's a Canadian thing. But, a, from, a. But, but from your all's perspective, um, you, he, you hear we, we as chief officers are going to have people from all different backgrounds come and ask our thoughts and opinions, and we're trying to give them sage advice. So from what I was asked to what I gave back, tell me the good, the bad, and the ugly of, of that, and what, what, would you, what would you change? How, how would you have responded to that question? So Chief Clemens, if you don't mind starting on that. Absolutely. Chief, uh, I do think you answer that question uh, correctly. Uh, that it shouldn't matter and uh, it, it shouldn't matter uh, your ethnic background, your gender and things of that nature. What should matter is your your skills and uh, your knowledge, skills and ability uh, to be able to do the job. Um, now, although that may be uh, the case, and I, I want to echo what Esther said earlier, uh, when uh, having three or four women on the truck and, and the more women in her department became the norm. There are some organizations that still doesn't reflect that. So being that one or that two that may be sporadically spread out on a different shift or a different station, uh, you still may have your challenges of, of having to uh, work a little harder uh, or prove yourself a little more. Um, but again, I like to say that that's not saying that it's, it can't be done. Uh, look, I just got a model myself that has come through and, and made it all the way to deputy chief, uh, being uh, probably one of the only ones in the organization. So, uh, Chief, you answered that well. However, there still are those uh, those challenges that they may have to face. But again, you can overcome it with the training that Danielle stated, with the, uh, the knowledge, skills, and ability that uh, Esther stated. It can be done. It's possible. Yeah, I, I really, like the, I really like the uh, the positivity, Chief, that you're that you project all the time, and that's exactly what a female entering this this career, the fire service needs to constantly have. They 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 just need to be positive. 
uh, know that they need the knowledge and the skills. But the most important thing, honestly, at the end is the attitude. If they have the right attitude, they won't give up. They'll keep on learning and 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 do uh, do good by the career, you know, and actually say good by it. And um, as far as like the, tr- if I really look back at what made the big difference for me, the biggest difference was the training. As soon as I went out of my pod, my my little Vana size secret pod, and went to FDIC and went to IFSI and started taking courses, week-long courses or at the FDIC, the hands-on courses, and I'd go every year for, say, six, seven years, that made the difference. The network, as soon as you start networking and, t- and talking, not just to women, to men and getting those professional relationships going, that made the difference, the constant training. And then so I'd have my favorite subjects. Everyone knows I like the firefighter survival, right? But then I started thinking, okay, Esther, I can't take this for three years in a row. The same stuff. I got to branch out. I, I need to know heavy rescue. I'm on a fire engine as a captain. I better take that course. I better, I'm in a station, moving into one with trench and confined space. I better take those, those hands on courses. Right. So I started to branch out and and take the things and the qualifications that I knew were right and made sense for myself and for my career and for my professionalism. So that's the, the big one was the, uh, the knowledge through the whole thing. You gotta stay fit. I can't focus on that enough. Um, Firefighting is a hands-on career, a hands-on job. We're using these two hands, getting off of the truck and carrying equipment. And the public expects us to be fit to be able to do our career. Our coworkers expect us to be fit. So uh, in this career, if, if that's what someone chooses, they need to be working out and schedule in that three, four times a week to to stay fit and no one expects as someone ages to be at the same fitness level i've spent 24 years in there's no way i'm running a 211 again <laughs> those days are kind of over with but i think i'd get through the combat challenge i think i'd get through it right but uh yeah so now that's for myself getting through you know what was important for me in the career for someone coming into the fire service from what Trevor was saying that the advice he wanted to give them. When you become a recruit, I would say zip ears open, 80% listening, 20% talking, get to know your crew, know what their strengths are, know where you're going to fit in to that station, to that crew. You're obviously going to be doing twice, three times the amount of work especially station duties as a newbie. Mm. Know what you can bring to that crew. Be be the pro at something. I don't care if it's going to be cooking to begin with or cleaning the station. Maybe take a small engines repair course. Like be, be a pro or be that asset on the crew. Maybe it's medical. Whatever it's going to be, be the, the go-to. You know, within three, four, five years on a crew – you should have your guys looking at you going, ask that girl because she knows exactly what she's talking about, right? So, and be positive through it all, right? But you want to be the go-to. And um, as far as one last point, I was thinking about what I was going to say with um, 
what type of what type of a person is a firefighter? It doesn't have to be. It's not about male or female, but what type of a person? Because sometimes you see a person that's off on their own, like a lone, like a lone mm. person at the station. They like their alone time. That's okay. Every now and then, that's fine. But really, is a firefighter an eagle or a wolf? Mm. I tell you, an eagle, very noble animal, is kind of a loner, very territorial, proprietary, mm. deadly, right? A wolf, pack animal. They like to be together. They eat together. They hunt together. They help each other. They share. They've got their pecking order the way we have, right? So if anything, you're going into your your station and you're you're like oh, I don't know I might maybe have difficulties in this area or with this person put that aside and remember you say to yourself walking in to that shift I'm a wolf I'm a wolf <laughs> it's my pack right be that pack person contribute to your crew so kind of a split answer Trevor but uh, I covered I think a lot no. of Sorry. No, that's a phenomenal answer. And I usually look to Bobby for those really deep and thoughtful answers. And you know, Bobby, I'm sorry she stole your thunder, but Danielle, we'll put the same question to you. And then, um, you know, I, I've got a follow-up question after that. And I want to kick over to uh, Bobby and Ben for some questions too. So Danielle, for you, the same question. If, if that was the question that came to you um, from another woman in the fire service, how, how would you respond to that? What, what are some what are some goals that you could set for them or some steps that you could give them to succeed in, in their very first initial steps in the fire service? Um, I think it's definitely to essential to have a mentor to, to look up to because they can, they'll definitely guide you in the, in the right way. And, you know, if some of the females coming in, they don't have another female that they can rely on, have somebody um, that has a little bit of seniority or, further up that they can rely on and teach them the ways. Um, and also picking back on what Esther was saying, um, again, with me, with my training, uh, the networking that I've gotten over the years from all the classes that I've taken has been astronomical. And, you know, I've picked up things that Esther likes to do that I'll do. And I'll try and incorporate that and just take bits and pieces of everything and try to mold it into what works for me and feel like that will help out and broaden your horizon over, over your career. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing, um, and Bobby, I want you to weigh in on this too, and Ben as well. An observation I've had is, uh, you know, and here, even in, in South Florida in the, in the county I'm working in currently, there are a few all-female you know, engine companies, truck companies, and you know, even in my own department, as small as it is, we had an all-female crew. They call themselves the She Shift, and that was you. Know, it, it was it was great for morale. It was a lot of things, but at the same time, you know, it was. I found I found that some of the biggest critics of women in the fire service are women in the fire service, and I, I mean that in a in a way that's to say that people who have gone through the the effort to become that firefighter, that paramedic, that go-to person, everything that Esther was talking about, they are very, very protective of that pack and say, hey, look, you're representing not only 
the fire service here and this crew and this engine company, truck company, our department, but you're also representing all the other women in the fire service. And when, when you don't meet this standard, it comes back three or five fold. Um, if you mess up and, and you don't do the right thing or you make a comment, and, and this is a, a situation that I ran into, and I, I will say I did, I rarely had ever step in. Uh, oh, well, you know, just let the guys do that. Oh, wow. I mean, you, if you talk about hell flying into somebody and it was that was handled at a company level as, as it should have been, no matter you know, what the makeup of the crew was. But you talk talk about that. And Bobby, can you weigh in on that, too? Because I know we, from your your training background as well, um, you know, and, and Ocean City, obviously, we had you know, quite a few uh, females on, on the shifts and you know, more so before I left and even in my own department. But uh, I'll, I'll kick it over to Bobby. Then I want to put it over, over to the three panelists as well. How do, how do you, as as a woman in the fire service, how do you hold not only yourself accountable, but other women in the fire service? And you, do, you, do you ever have any kind of conflict when it comes to holding people accountable where you might have a, a, a male and a female on the same shift, but do you have to approach it differently for any reason and why? So, Bobby, uh, do you have anything to kind of tag on to that a little bit? Um. Well, I'm not a woman in the fire service, so I'm not quite sure that question. Um, no, I think later on, I, I think this is this is really good stuff. I think, you know, I, I started off in the fire service as a volunteer in my hometown um, as a, a, a Irish white guy. And uh, I don't think that I'm any shape of minority in this in this deal. And um, everything wasn't easy for me when I came up through the fire service. Um, you know, as you guys know, I had a little bout with PTSD some years ago. Um, and, and what I think about when I think about both minorities and, and women in the fire service uh, and people of color, everybody, is that I was given room to kind of get my ship right again. And so when we get done talking about, um, you know, how, how they're going to hold other women accountable, I want to know how we can get better. Um, because I don't, I don't think all the reason why we don't have enough minorities represented in the fire service, we don't have enough women represented in the fire service, is just the hiring processes in general. I think some is because we're not welcoming enough. I, I think that it seems like an odd place uh, for, for some people. And so I, I think I'd piggyback out for your question, Trevor, and say, what can we do in the fire service to be better, to not overdo it? when welcoming minorities and women in there, but also not ignoring that there's a difference and that, and that we need to be, um, I believe, more, more accommodating so that everyone has the opportunity to kind of get room to fix their ship as they're going through their fire service career. Because I have, also have the sense that, that uh, minorities and women don't get the room to fix their ship. People kind of jump right on it and say, aha, look, you know, that kind of so. After you get done talking about that, I know that this is a no holds barred show here. Um, if you guys can talk about that, but um, um, that's that's my second thought on your uh, on your thought, Trevor. And, and thank you, Bobby. And that's that's why you know, we we love having you on because you always see that that view of it that nobody else does. So, Latasha, if you don't mind starting off with that, uh, I know we threw a lot of information out there, but if you don't mind trying to address some of those things and throw your thoughts out there for us. So, yeah. So, yes, initially, I know I heard you ask. Uh, you mentioned that women seems to be more critical of other women. Um, I haven't had that uh, experience where another woman was more critical uh, to me and me as a chief officer, even coming through the ranks. Uh, 
being that I know my own personal experience, what I try to do is be that mentor for um, women that are coming through, and not only women, any uh, new probationary firefighter that is that is coming through. Um, I'd like, I like I'm a person that likes to look at the strengths and weaknesses of others. Um, my strength may be your weakness. My weakness may be your strength. So if I can pull together whether it be women or any probationary person that's coming through the fire service, my job is to, uh, and as I've always felt this way, is to mentor, coach, and counsel and uh, ensure that my uh, employees that are under my leadership and even coming through the ranks, uh, that they can meet the requirements that are demanded of them. Um, as a minority, and I heard, uh, I, mean, I think it was Ben or whomever just mentioned uh, about uh, as a minority coming through and, and, and feeling isolated and things of that nature. Uh, those are facts. I think we need to be more intentional about how we treat one another as people, uh, regardless, whether it's a fire service or uh, just your personal uh, your prof personal or professional life. We just need to do a better job at being intentional. Um, if, if we're wanted in these businesses and in, in these careers and we're representing the communities that we're served, Number one, we're all wearing the same patch. We're all wearing the same patch. And when we're wearing that patch, we're there to serve the mission of the organization. So if we can become more inten more intentional about how we treat one another, I think the better that we'll be organizationally and how we're serving uh, not only the community, because we're great when we're running on the calls. It's when we're in those stations. It's when we're uh, behind those walls that we need to be more, uh, more brotherly and sisterly, uh, more opportunity for that. So I'll dig uh, digress to uh, Esther. Okay. And I love how you ended with the um, just be being nice. I, I think I'm pretty sure this is many years ago at FDIC. Uh, Chief Rick Lasky was talking about what he did and put on his fire trucks and put the message out to his firefighters. And the one thing that stuck, like that he put out was be kind. Like, how simple is that? Be a kind human being to everyone you come across. Be professional. You, there, there's key points that everyone knows in our career. Be professional. Be knowledgeable. Be fit. Be ready to, to you know, do your, do your job the correct way. But is everyone kind? Is everyone approaching? It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's female, male, black, Hispanic, it doesn't matter what, what, you know, who the person is, are they approaching everyone kindly with the right intention? So I would say uh, with being kind, but to um, Bobby's point, I think what could help out is um, getting recruitment at the right places. So putting the message out, whether it's uh, a volunteer department, maybe approaching the right places with uh, holding a, um, a women in the fire service uh, recruitment, um, or they just bring in kids from high school and show them like, this is what, uh, this is what our career is about. Let's set up different stations, information sessions for them. Maybe go to rugby teams, find the right type of a person that would like to come into the career and um, yeah, sure. You want to tell them about all the pluses and, and all the good things within our fire service and what a great career it is. Someone I mentioned that I'd be doing this talk to a senior firefighter and 
you know what they said to me? They go, don't forget to tell them about all the other bonus things about our career. This is a great paying job. Like it is a fantastic paying job with benefits. And if someone's a volunteer, it's still, it's not all about the pay and the benefits, but mention all the other things too, the helping your community, just the, the feeling you get when you're, you're actually helping someone. And um, so I would say with, with recruitment, how, how would we change things in the future is uh, the difference for my department was bringing in multiple for females, this, the issue of females, bringing in multiple females, class after class after class, and bringing in the diversity class after class after class. You can't just have one or two token. It has to be the norm and find the, the people in the right places. Put the recruitment out in the right places. Find the right people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Danielle, thoughts? Um, when you were saying, you know, what's the best way to kind of hold everybody accountable? Um, I think we both on, on both sides of the fence need to really embrace the camaraderie in the fire service because I feel like that's that's gone wayside. Like the only time I see it is trainings, um, fools organizations, uh, firefighter combat challenge. Like if, if we had that mindset with everybody and trying to build it, build each other up and, and show everybody the right way, if they lost, if they, you know, if they took a step outside of the, the wrong direction, um, I feel like that will definitely put us towards a better goal and get us back on the, on the right path. Good. And, and one other thing that just came to my mind, promote, promote the women and the, the minorities, because once they start moving up, their viewpoints matter and and, and promote those people up. It, they, they shouldn't be at one level within the fire service. It makes a big difference. Yeah. I, I'll make I'll make a comment to that, Esther. If you can't see it, you can't be it. There you go. That's a great point. Right. I was going to say that it gives it gives those new members coming in if they they see Chief Clemens they see they see Chief and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna try my best Lakatos. Well, Captain, I yeah. I like to say call me Captain because uh, that's where I sit all the time. It's okay. in the cab of the truck. Um, but but they see you two as role models, then they know that that is a potential for them. You know, they 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 may never. They, they may never actually work on your shift, work on your fire engine. You know, they see, they, they, they see Chief Clemens come by for, you know, a station inspection or they see her on a call and they may never have any interaction with her or with, with, with anybody, but they, they see that as a potential and they say, you know what, that's going to be me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be the deputy chief. I'm going to be the captain. I'm going to be the fire chief. And what's stopping them? You know, it, it's whatever, the, it, if they have that drive, they can, they can do all of that. And that's, that's what, I mean, that's, that's awesome right there. Like, like Chief Clemens said, if they can see it, they can do it, you know? Yeah. Hey ben, one, one of the things to kind of throw back at you on that too, is you, I, I look at the, the combination fire service, the, the volunteer and career. And one of the biggest, I think, turmoils that we see in the combination system is becoming an officer and 
one of the things we had to realize that is that there's very, very capable volunteer members and very, very capable career members, but their pathway to get to that, you know, obtaining that officership is different because that volunteer is working 40 plus hours a week and having to gain their training outside of their work, whereas typically the career person is doing it as part of their work or as, as part of a um, you know, an initiative that's being done internally. And one of the things, um, and I, I heard I heard this comment come from um, one of the women that we used to work with in Ocean City, actually, some years ago, and she said, there's a, there's a lot of soft bias in the fire service. And I said, what do you mean soft bias? I didn't understand what that meant. And she said that, well, when, when they start creating different standards for, you know, wh- whether it's you know, based on ethnic lines, you know, uh, gender lines, anything else, said it's okay to have, like you all said, it's, this is about technique. This isn't about you know, your bull strength or chromosome makeup or anything else. Can you or can you not do the job? But some of that soft bias that she had uh, referenced was basically saying, don't give me a different standard. Either I meet the standard or I don't, but there's, you know, you, you might you might choose to climb uh, steps two stairs at a time. I might choose to climb them three at a time. But at, at the end of the day, do we both get up to the top of the stairs of the high rise pack? Fair point. So, you know, the point being is, I think that you evaluating the, the overall process. Um, so what what are, what are your all thoughts on that? Because I thought that was a very interesting point that came from one of the women in the fire service to say, you know, look, don't have a different standard for me. But understand that just like everybody else, if, if there's somebody who's five foot zero in the fire service and someone who's six foot four, they are going to their techniques are going to be different. But if, if as long as they can achieve the goal and, and the job performance requirement, it doesn't matter. So what where, where do your thoughts fall on those things as far as some of the not only entrance requirements, but also the JPRs that we have for day to day operations? So I can I'll I'll start with that. Um, most certainly, I don't believe, and I, I I would hope that no woman entering to the fire service uh, wants a different set of standards. Uh, I would hope that everyone that's uh every woman that's entering the fire service uh, that are doing it based on the knowledge, skills, and ability um, to achieve the common goals of the organization. Um, I'm a five foot one person. <laughs> Chief Jordan, when he hired me, he stood about six, seven, six, nine. I looked at him. I said, Chief, do you really think that I can do this? He came around, put his uh, hand on my left shoulder and said, Latasha, at the time, you can do this. Entering the fire service, I had a step stool because guess what? As an officer, you got to be able to go and uh, open those elevator shafts and things of that nature. (laughs) So I had a step stool until I had a, a, a firefighter that stood about five, eight. (laughs) <laughs> and was able to do that job. Um, but again, uh, Chief uh, Chief and, and, and Bobby, I don't believe any woman in this business wants to have a different set of standards. I just think they want the opportunity, equal opportunity, to be treated fairly, to be treated kindly, and to get in here and, and, and be, jail- and be uh, evaluated based on their ability to do the job. You're not asking too much, are you? Not asking too much, Esther. <laughs> Esther, what do you think? Uh, for sure, uh, exactly what Tasha was saying. You need to come in with the mindset that you need to meet that that qualification. You you need to take the CPAT, and and I think with you guys, it's the NFPA fifteen eighty two. I just wrote it down. I think that's the the national standard. 
uh, everyone needs to complete that and be successful on it to enter in. Now, once you've completed that and you get on the job, you, you should be maintaining those standards and that, that physical ability throughout your career if you are on a fire truck. But that being said, too, find your niche in within that uh, within that crew. Like if, if you are shorter, like you're you're mentioning with uh, with elevator calls or, or or if you're taller or, you know, like find your niche. Everyone's going to use their body in, in how it works for them. I remember being uh, down in Ocean City and teaching firefighter survival. And then, uh, well, we had to put up ladders for a couple of the stations. And I watched this woman put up ladders. I couldn't believe the skill level. That woman's on our panel tonight, Danielle. I, I taught ladders at two colleges. And I looked at her and I thought, oh, my God, I've never seen a woman put up ladders as competent as her. And I got to ask you, Danielle, who did you take ladders from or who did you learn your ladders? Oh, sorry. I had to find my charger. Oh, okay, no worries. <laughs> um, I, well, I've had a lot of concussions over the years, so my memory's not, not really good, but um, I don't recall exactly who first taught me uh, that. That's honestly, that was just reps. Yeah. Just, yeah. So, yeah. So have the reps in, have the skill and do your job well. You can't really be able to move up and teach someone a skill unless you know it well yourself, right? So, um, yeah, I definitely say know your skills and be fit throughout your career, uh, right? Check. Yes, Esther, I have a comment. So I've been on the uh, hiring process and the promotional process for, for many, many years of entry-level firefighters. And sometimes we can hold even those for those folks that are um, testing with our organization to be employed to such stringent to such stringent terms when we ourselves are not maintaining those same techniques. Those same techniques. You want me to throw a ladder. You want me to crawl through a smoke filled room. I can do that. But if. You're my evaluator and you're holding me to such stringent terms. And then I know that you don't have that same skill. That's a problem. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's a problem. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> no, all, all great points. And, and that's one of the things we were talking about. And you know, Danielle, I've seen you training multiple times and where back-to-back-to-back hot classes and people would expire after one of them. And it's just that drive that you keep going. And that, to me, that sets the standard. And Chief Clemens, you're absolutely right. Uh, Back in my younger days, 35 plus years ago, um, when I would do some testing for some departments and I would look at the same thing and here's somebody who was wheezing going up three stairs and I'm carrying high rise packs and going through the same thing. I say, they're evaluating me and do I want to be a part of this department? So I think that regardless of your, your, your leadership uh, position or, you know, whether or not you're male or female in the fire service, it's, it's that point of leadership that you all are espousing to say, 
look, you know, here, here's the standard that we hold not only you to, but ourselves also. And not just that, you know, it's, it's also the integrity compass and the moral compass and the, the physical fitness compass and the uh, ability and agility compass that we all put out there. So um, with that, Bobby and Ben, if, if you don't mind, um, I want to kick over to you. Do you guys, do you guys have any specific questions you want to throw out there? Because, you know, on, on that same, on, on that same track a little bit, um, you know, we, we see people in the fire service that kind of divert a little bit uh, later on in their careers. So, what are some what are some questions that you would have for the panel that would uh, be good advice for you know people who've not only been in but also trying to go forward? But before we go there, I just want to uh, draw everybody's attention to the to the comment that's on the screen. Instructors need to be able to teach skills with someone else's body. Teach the skill as if you had your student's body. And I, I think Bobby has mentioned this before yeah. that um, being an instructor and teaching skills has made him a better. Uh, student of the game and being a better instructor to to have to break it down and and to to understand skills and that kind of stuff better to to better explain it to to everybody that might be in the class um, and and like we talked about tonight it's it's a lot of technique like yes it helps if you're strong yes it helps if you're flexible yes it helps if you have a, a good cardiovascular endurance but ultimately like if you're if you're strong enough to get the job done, if you can do it, but you have good technique, then you're still going to be effective. Um, and I think I think this comment is is huge to teach it as if you had that student's body. Um, you know, again, if I'm if I'm seven foot four and I don't have an ounce of muscle on me, like I've got enough leverage that I can throw a ladder. You know, so it's just a matter of of using that that leverage. And and again, going back to you know, Bobby's wheelhouse is, is um, you know, in mechanics and working on cars and that kind of stuff. If you got a, a, a nut or a bolt that's tight, it's not so much the having the right tool, but being able to apply, apply the right amount of leverage to it to get it loose or to, to manipulate it the way that you want. So um, I just wanted to, to talk about that real quick, and now I'll kick it back over to Bobby. Oh, I don't know how to follow up on that. Um no, I think Esther has hit the nail on the head. I think Chief Clemens, Daniel, I mean, I think, you know, um, I, I just recently, uh, I've been uh, blessed with the privilege of going through the fire service without a whole lot of outside pressures on me. And all of a sudden, as I've gotten a little bit older, all of a sudden I've become kind of one of those minorities. A lot of the guys have retired off the job and stuff. And so at, at 55, um, that ability to try to stay in shape, is all of a sudden paying huge dividends for me. And so I really do think that, um, you know, it, it doesn't always make sense when you're in your 20s to, to work out or stay in shape. Sometimes not in your 30s, it doesn't make sense. And, and uh, you, know, you know you're going down a bad road when your workouts are always with a physical therapist after an injury. That's probably a bad <laughs> sign. Uh, and, and I've had, and I've had, and I've had, you know, plenty of that. Um, but, you know, when, when, when in training people, um, I, I've seen just as many uh, men struggle with skills. Um, you know, I, I always talk about the, the high section ladder throw. Um, it's a very specific set of muscles that nobody in the gym works on. Um, so I've, I've actually had really big guys come out of the gym that taught them that the first time. And they're like, oh, I'll try it. I'll try it. And they can kind of muscle through it, but not very good technique like Danielle talked about. 
And the next day they said, man, I couldn't move my arm. You know, I couldn't do it. And, and firefighting has got very specific skill sets. Most of them not very ergonomic either. Um, but it's got very specific skill sets and muscles and things like that. But uh, the last thing I'll close with is, um, you know, there's a guy named Stefan Svensson, a big fire science guy out of Sweden. Um, and I met him out at FDIC. And, you know, he always said, you know, you got to have the, the, the heart, the mind, and the hands. Those are the three things you need for firefighting. you got the heart to go down that hallway. you got to have the hands to be able to do it. And you got to have a mind to know how to do it. And if you could put those three things together, and he didn't attach it to any uh, sex, he didn't attach it to any race, he just said, if you, you put those three things together, everything else will just work out fine for you. So um, that's kind of, I always kind of relax on that thought. I, however, I got to tell you, this eagle wolf thing is pretty cool. I have never heard that one before. That's, um, you're right in the run in there, Esther. Good, 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 good. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah, so really for the the three things, I, like biggest things I'd say um, for anyone coming into the fire service, it doesn't have to be specifically for female, keep your qualifications high. Always be looking forward to new training opportunities for your qualifications. That's really where, where I took off is, is going to the IFSI, taking that officer course right? Taking additional courses that interested me. And, um, and then fitness, if you're on the trucks, staying fit, and um, gaining new knowledge, right? Like, that's a training thing, too. But um, with, with your crew, um, be a part of the crew, be a go to on something with for something on that crew, where they're gonna look want to look to you. Right, be positive and uh, be a go-to. Help people out on the crew. So, um, yeah, other things that like I, that kind of stick in my mind. Listen more than than chirping and talking. And um, if you want to set goals, you know what what would your career look like in a year from now, five years from now? Where do you want to see yourself? Right, that might be useful too for people. Um. But yeah, set, set goals, always maintain your professionalism, um, be positive throughout it all. And I really like how Chief Clemens is. She's always got that professional drive and that positive drive. And that that really shows, it really, that spark shows through when people, when people talk to you and they, and they want to ask you questions or see the angle that you're coming from, have that positive attitude when you talk to people it makes a difference yes yeah, i would i would agree wholeheartedly and one of the things that i will say about you know all the folks on the panel tonight is all of you are leaders in the fire service and it, it, just like you had mentioned with chief clemens there's that command presence that comes across and that's not something that's intentionally done that's something that's developed and you know, when, when I look at you, know, Latasha and Esther and Danielle, and I, I see that command presence that comes across, that's leadership in the fire service, that's leadership in our industry. And yes, you know, you, you happen to be of a, of, of a certain gender, but that's, you know, the, the leadership part is what's, is what's first and foremost and showing through. And, you know, to me, uh, just as you had mentioned, Esther, is, 
you know, when, when you see that kind of presence, that's that's what really speaks to a lot of people right off the bat. And they they know that you're legitimate. They know that you're there for the right reason. They, they know that you're there to take care of, of business and also take care of them as as you know, the, the crew that you're managing or the entire department that you might be managing. So I really think that, you know, from that standpoint is you know, showing the leadership in the fire service like you all do is the first and foremost uh part of everything that you that you put forward so with with that ben um i know you you're probably ben, ben's our timekeeper by the way and he keeps us to a pretty stringent timetable so um ben do you want to you want to go around the horn and get the final thoughts from everybody yeah yeah that'd be great so um danielle you want to re- lead us lead us off with some final thoughts um i don't have a whole lot um just uh for everybody coming up just so uh, look for the new challenges, whether it be a new skill. Um, if you ride an engine every day, start doing truck skills and start moving branch branching out. Um, like tomorrow I got rope, rope one class. So I'll be doing that for the next handful of days, trying to just keep moving, keep moving forward. And like I was saying, just have those goals in mind and just keep moving forward. And once you reach them, reevaluate and keep pushing forward and they'll lead you down a good Thank you. Esther? Okay, I'm going to say something different. I'm going to leave you with three books, three books you guys can look up. And it's on three different places within your career. Okay, someone's going to fit into one of these three areas, I'm sure. So first one, street smart firefighting. This is for the firefighter anywhere up to 20 years or you know, from starting to, to moving up. Street Smart Firefighting by Robert Bingham. That's the first book. Second one, for any of you aspiring fire officers, you got to have the fire officer's handbook. Norman's, John Norman's. you got to have that. you got to read it right through. That's two. Last one, I bought this book for my guy. He's um, an assistant deputy. So he's in negotiation. So if anyone's aspiring to maybe be a chief one day, or they are chief, like Chief Clemens, or maybe part of the union, right? You're in negotiations. Don't split the difference. This book is fantastic from a, I think it's an FBI um, detective that goes into Harvard. And it's just amazing. I read the first chapter. I bought it for him and read the first chapter. And and I'm going to be hooked on this book. So it's called Don't Split the Difference. Look at that one. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. I kind of covered a whole bunch of stuff. So, thank you, Esther. Chief okay. Collins. Yes, I I like to speak to the specificity of the diversity, even amongst the women that are on this panel. Danielle, Captain Esther, and myself, who all spoke from different perspectives and brought some overall, I would say, uh, Chief and and Bobby, brilliance to leading women into this organization. Um, If I can leave uh, any nuggets, that will be you can do it, work hard, stay consistent, reach out for a mentor, and don't take no for an answer. You can do it. Thank you, ladies, for uh, allowing me to share this panel with you. And thank you, Chief and Bobby, for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Chief. Bobby? 
Uh, I don't have a whole lot to add. Uh, thank you all for coming. It's been a very interesting um, conversation, and uh, I really look forward to a more diverse fire service in the future. Um, I think that it's a great job. I don't, I don't regret a single day of making this decision. Um, and after 33 years, I, I love what I do. I'm going to have to retire at some point, um, but it's, it's a great job. And, and I, I say the more the merrier. I said, bring everybody in and, you know, that way we get all our communities represented and we get to, you know, know more about what's going on in these different communities and just trying to figure it out from a white Irish guy's perspective. So thank you ladies for coming. And uh, uh, thank you, Trevor. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And thank you, Ben. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, ben. Absolutely. And uh, I, I want to thank you all and actually everybody because you what for the folks who are watching tonight, this this represents some of the great leadership we have in the fire service all the way around. And, you know, it's it's really kind of heartwarming to me because we we evolve in the fire service from that first day we come in as, as the proby and the rookie to the day that we walk out. And you know, we, we look we look at things a little bit uh probably with a little bit of retrospection, but also a little bit of introspection as well and say, how can we make it better for the people coming up behind us? And, you know, again, there's so many great people out there in the fire service that we've had on these shows. And when we talked about, uh, you know, fire service leadership and then specific to, uh, you know, women leading in the fire service, you know, there's so many out there, but you know, the, the three of you that are on here have a great deal of respect for, known you all for, uh, quite some time. Actually, Chief Clemens, I've known you for the least amount of time, but also have a great deal of respect for you. But uh, you know, from having to be able to work with you and uh, you know, Danielle and Esther as well. So we really appreciate you coming on and sharing your thoughts. And th it, this is just like anything else. It's almost like a, a virtual FDIC. It, it, this isn't the ending. It's kind of a beginning. So I know that uh, you know, the folks here are more than willing to share their, their thoughts, uh, especially with mentorship. I had a call uh, last night, for example, from one of my uh, friends who I've not seen in years. He's in the federal fire service and is thinking about taking a job down here. And we had it's just have that ability to network and talk. And uh, you're looking back at all the training that you all have done, and you know, some of the just some of the conferences that you've you've taught at, and the people that you've already inspired, and probably don't even realize that you've inspired and given good sage advice to on all, on all parts of the spectrum. Um, you know, we appreciate your all's leadership in the fire service and we thank you very much for everything that you're doing and all that you're going to continue to do. So with that, Ben, let me kick it to you and you can kick us out of here. All right. Well, again, thank you ladies for joining us. It was a wonderful show. Um, I, I, I know the guys have already mentioned it, but I truly enjoyed this. Is, this is probably one of my favorite shows so far. Um, just a great conversation, great points. And there's a lot of stuff that we talked about that, yes, it's specific to bringing women into the fire service and, and women being successful in the fire service. But let, if we take a look at the bigger picture that we talked about, one of the first things we said was find the best fit for you. Right. That, that, it doesn't matter what your gender is, what anything else, find the best fit for you, find the best department for you, right? If you know that you're supposed to be in the fire service, find that spot that fits you the best. Work your butt off. If, if you're, if you're talking about it, I don't want to hear it. If you're working and you're doing it, then you can talk. All right. And uh, be positive as, as, and I'm just kind of recapping some of the notes that I took through throughout all this. Um, for, for our company officers and our leaders, one of the things that I, I think was kind of um, we talked about, but we didn't actually come out and say it, um, but care about your people. 
that that was a big point that we made through through a lot of it is that if you care about your people and you support them and you mentor them and you develop them, they will care. They will do well. They will want to do well and they will they will be successful in whatever they do. Um, so as we wrap up um, in our pre-show, we were talking about uh, the women in fire, sir, women in fire. Uh, which is an organization. Uh, so if you're interested in that, that website is womeninfire.org. Um, and that's in the U.S. And that, that is international, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. So that one's international. And we have the, the women in fire service, the fire service women of Ontario, which I found that just just because we were talking about it. Uh, and that website is fswo.ca. Um, so for our, our Canadian viewers, or if you're up, along that borderline, um, check that out. Um, and obviously if there's any questions, comments, um, or you, you have more questions for us down across the bottom is our social media stuff, our email. Um, so reach out to us, please let us know if you have questions, we would be more than happy to, to, to help, um, and do whatever we can to, to help you guys do better. So, uh, thank you again for joining us next I'm sorry, not next Tuesday, next Thursday, the following Thursday. So March 4th, uh, we're back. Um, our plan is to have Chief or Battalion Chief Kurt Isaacson from Escambia County back. We've we've kind of hopefully figured our schedules out. Um, so that's coming back on March 4th. And then we're going to have a special show on March 18th, uh, not only for St. Patty's Day, but that will be one full year of Thirsty Thursdays. So please uh, keep joining us. Uh, we appreciate all your support. And um Everybody have a safe and wonderful night. Cheers again, ladies and gentlemen. It was a pleasure. Great show.